You're listening to the Whitewater Church Podcast. Before we jump in, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and rate and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater's doing, or you want to join us in blessing our communities, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org slash give, or click on give in our show notes. Whitewater services are made possible by your generosity in action. Let's dive into this week's message together. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name is Courtney, and I get the pleasure and opportunity to share with you today from this awesome book of James. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into it. Father, we just thank you for your word that you're going to speak to every single one of us. Thank you for the revelations, the truth, the challenging things that you reveal to us through this particular book in James. As always, I pray that all hearts and minds are receptive to hear from you. Please increase as I decrease and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength, you are our redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, in this awesome book of James, which is, I think, uh, a phenomenal book. You know, I'm weird sometimes. I think about things as James. I think about him being the baby brother of Jesus Christ, right? And can you imagine the pressure of being the little brother of Jesus? You know, your big brother is walking on water, and the best thing you can do is walk through puddles. He's doing miraculous healings, and the best thing you can do as James is offer maybe some ibuprofen or something, right? Jesus is feeding the 5,000, the multitudes, and the best thing James can do is hit up the dollar menu. He was just James. He wasn't James Christ, right? So I can only imagine being in the shadow of big brother Jesus. But speaking of that, James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10 we're going to dive into, and I'll read it in its entirety, and then we'll break this thing down. So verse one, it says, what is the source of conflict among you? What is the source of your disputes? Don't they come from your cravings that are at war within your own selves, your own lives? You long for something you don't have, so you commit murder. You are jealous for something you can't get, so you struggle and fight. You don't have because you don't ask. You ask and don't have because you ask with evil intentions to waste it on your own cravings. Verse four, you unfaithful people, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. Or do you suppose that scripture is meaningless? Doesn't God long for our faithfulness in the life he has given to us? But he gives us more grace. This is why it says God stands against the proud, but favors the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will run away from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9, cry out in sorrow, mourn and weep. Let your laughter become mourning and your joy become sadness. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So the first point I want to address or talk about is they have issues or they got issues. James chapter four, verse one through three, it says, what is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have, you murder and cover and cannot obtain. You fight and rage war. You do not have because you do not ask. But when you do ask, and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend it on yourselves. 
The interesting part about this is James is actually speaking not to outsiders. Typically, we look to the outside of issues that are happening around us or things that are going on. We're ready to point the finger. But when he opens up his letter, when James opens up, it says to the 12 tribes that are dispersed, he's speaking to a group of Christians. He's speaking to a group of believers. So pay attention to that opening thing. He says, what is the source and wars and fights among you, meaning among us, among Christians, among believers, among uh, the body of Christ. And he's he's addressing this issue. And if we can be real, we have this issue even today that short, that churches are almost, it's almost like gang sets or mafia sets, that they're warring against each other, that we can be arguing amongst the chairs or amongst the pews, amongst each other. And so James is, is answering this question, but he says, don't they come from your passions? Don't they come from the place inside of you? Uh, notice that the enemy here seems to be the inner me. That the enemy that we're dealing with is not all the time something external. Again, we're ready to place the blame. Matter of fact, do this with me real quick. Say issues. Say issues. Say it again real fast. Issues. Issues. Say it again real fast. Issues. You're right. It's you. We can say they have issues when the reality they do have issue. The issue could very well be myself. The very thing that is on the inside of me that I haven't dealt with, that I have not submitted to God can be the very thing that's causing the issues, causing divides and other in, in circles around me. And usually we have to take a look at ourselves first. You know, one of the people who did that very well is actually in the Old Testament, Nehemiah. He says this beautiful prayer, says this powerful prayer. And at the closing prayer, it says, it says a statement, remember, he was a cupbearer to the king. And what's so powerful about the statement? Why after this powerful prayer he prayed and it says he was a cupbearer to the king? Well, the role of the cupbearer was to check and drink and eat to check it for poison. And in other words, if there's poison in it, it would stop with them. They would die. So in essence, remember, he was a cupbearer to the king. Nehemiah, in essence, was saying, I know how to deal with me first. If there's anything on the inside of me first, it stops with me. It doesn't spread. Delight yourselves in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. That's another powerful passage that coincides with this one. Because we notice that there's a bunch of desires, a bunch of things that are vying for people's attention, vying for it. says you have these things that you want, but you, but you can't have, so you murder. And it's not necessarily physical murder because even Jesus addressed that murder first begins on the inside, our heart. You can almost say from the inside out. But there's a passage that says if we delight ourselves in God, he will grant us the desires of our heart. So God's not against desires. It's just having the correct desires. And so whenever we delight ourselves in him, then whatever his desires are become our desires. And therefore, we always get what we want because we want what God wants. So this now brings me to my second point, humility or hostility. James chapter 4, verse 4 through 6 says, You unfaithful people, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. Verse 5, or do you suppose that scripture is meaningless? Doesn't God long for our faithfulness in life he has given to us? Verse 6, but he gives us more grace. This is why it says God stands against the proud, but favors the humble. So how many of you have heard of the company Arm & Hammer or the brand Arm & Hammer? What do you think? You think baking soda. Now, they're probably not the only baking soda manufacturer out there, but in essence, they pretty much cornered the market or what we would call a monopoly. They've kind of almost in a sense pushed out all the other competition. 
Well, you know what? Our God wants to corner the market on us. What do I mean by that? He wants to corner the market in our praise and our worship of him. He wants to corner the market to have all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. Love the Lord your God with all of those things. He wants to corner the market in that place. So when you hear James talking about this and he's saying, hey, you unfaithful people, he's saying, listen, you got divided loyalties in a way. You're you're allowing someone else to come in and intrude on really what should be God's market. And God's market is us. It's our heart. He wants a monopoly on that. But notice the point I said, we have a choice to make. Do we make the choice of humility or hostility? Because whenever we come to God and we and we submit to God, we're choosing the path of humility, telling us to humble ourselves. But yet when we choose the world, to choose the cares of the world, the things of the world, and we want to be that, then guess what? That makes us an enemy of God, or even as a military term, we call those hostiles. And so in a choice, we have a a moment to make a decision here. Am I going to put on humility? Am I going to humble myself to to live God's ways, to follow his ways, as James has really been challenging every single one of us? If you just read the book of James, it's been in your face, up front, challenging every single one of us. Or are we going to be hostile to God? Are we going to be enemies of God? And that is not what God wants for us. He wants our hearts. He wants everything from us. And finally, it brings me to my third point. God has the right of way. James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will run away from you. Come near to God. Verse 8 is so key. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9, cry out in sorrow, mourn and weep. Let your laughter become mourning and your joy become sadness. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. What's interesting about this passage, we're talking about God has the right of way. You know, many of us drive on this famous highway, I-5. You can either hit I-5 North or I-5 South. You can hit 512 for those in the Puyallup area. Or you can hit Washington 16 and so many different roads at 101. And there comes a moment where you're on a side road, where that's not the main road. And many of us in life, we can end up on a side road in life. That's not the main road. But you finally get a sense of direction and you go and you want to merge into traffic. And here's the reality of this, that there's already a pace set. There's already a speed set. There's already a, a way of functioning of that highway. And the highway doesn't merge to you. You merge into the oncoming traffic or not oncoming traffic. You don't want to do that. You merge onto traffic, into traffic in the direction that it's facing. And they tell you merging at the speed of traffic. And that's a revelation for some of y'all. Listen, it's not a place to stop. It's not a place to slow down. Merge in at the speed of traffic. But again, the highway is not merging to you. You're merging to the highway. And when I say God has the right of way, God already has a set plan. He already has things flowing the way he desires them to flow. And when he's saying, submit to me and come near, he's saying, I need you to merge into what I have going on. I need you to merge your desires, merge, merge your passions, merge everything about you. I need you to merge in to the speed of life, to the things of life that I already have flowing. I'm asking you to merge into that. God has the right of way. And that who is, that's who already is on the highway, they already have the right of way. And so it's up to us to adjust. Do we need to slow down? Do we need to speed up? We got to check our to our left and to our right. God is asking, there's some things that you need to slow down in. There's things you need to move forward. And he says, I need you to merge in and what I already have flowing for you in your life. And it goes on to say, draw near to me. 
And he even says some tough words there. He says, man, you sinners, wash your hands and everything. So we may not fully have everything all together, but listen to this next phrase, opposites attract. Ah, you got to hear that. When he said, draw me and I'll draw closer to you, normally everything else says have it all together and then you can finally enter in. Have it all perfectly set up, then you can come close to me. No, he says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw closer to you. When I say opposites attract, it's like magnets. You have a positive and a negative, but yet it's those two opposites that boom draws them together. And that's what will happen when you make the choice to draw closer into God and draw near to him and whatever negativity you currently have, the positive that he brings, the power that he brings, it's going to be like a magnet and you two will draw close because he says this in his word, there's a promise here. But again, it takes the spirit of humility. You know, when Isaiah says, if my people who are called by my name would seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways and humble themselves, then I will heal their land. When we open up this passage, he said, what are the sources and issues and, and things among you is the things that deal within us. That pastor said, if my people, not the world, not even if my people who are called by my name would seek my face, humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. Family, there are people waiting on us to make these necessary shifts, to properly merge in, to make the necessary changes. Because when we do that and we humble ourselves, then God is going to move like he's never moved before. And guess what? Not only will you be a benefactor of it, the world will be a benefactor of it. God bless you. Thanks again for listening today with us. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or want to contact Whitewater Church, you can reach out to us at info at whitewaterchurch.org or click on contact in our show notes. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time.